How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. This is a special one today. Hot off the press, Arsenal are about to sign uh, Fabio Vieira. Um, I didn't have a clue about it. I had no idea who, who this player was. But as soon as I realized he was playing in the Portuguese league with Porto, there was only one man on the planet that I wanted to speak to. And that's Zach Lowy. Zach, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Excited to be on. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, before we get into it, though, I want to um, just talk about your credentials. I think you're one of the best young writers on the planet uh, at the moment. And you are an absolute bona fide expert in Portuguese football. Like, give us a little bit of a summation of what you've been up to in the last year. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been writing for quite a few um, companies about Portuguese football. I have my weekly uh, podcast on Portuguese football, the Cortelinhas podcast. Um, so, yeah, and, and I try to, you know, watch as many games as I can on a weekly basis. Um, and that's, it, it comes in handy for, you know, weeks like over the past week where, everyone's uh, trying to hit you up for, for something on Darwin Nunez and then something on Fabio Vieira. Um, yeah, I didn't expect two, two blockbuster transfers in the span of one week. But, uh, but yeah, the Portuguese league becoming a very good feeder league. And uh, it's only a matter of time before more and more clubs, you know, follow that pattern, I think. And uh, I heard a little rumor on the grapevine, like as people do ask, you know, how do you become a, a football writer? I heard a rumor that you taught yourself another language so you could immerse yourself in a football culture. Is that true? Yeah. So funny story. Um, it was actually three years ago in 2019. I went to the Toulon tournament, which is one of the biggest youth tournaments in, in football. And I was I didn't know Portuguese, but uh, I wanted to interview Brazil, uh, Brazil's players because they were they had the best squad. They had players like uh you know, Mateus Cunha, Antony, some very talented players. So I prepared some questions beforehand with my Brazilian friend 
And uh, I was able to interview a few, uh, such as Emerson and Douglas Luiz, despite not knowing Portuguese. And then I returned um, to the States, and I really wanted to learn Portuguese. So I just started learning. And uh, after having previously learned Spanish, it was kind of an easy transition. Um, so, yeah, I've gotten the chance to interview quite a few players in, uh, in Portuguese, which has been great. It's unbelievable. Um, you should check out the channel. I will uh, leave it in the bio after or follow Zach or his website at BTLVid. So let's jump right in. Um, Arsenal uh, are, are in the transfer market this summer. You and I have spoken separately about the need for a midfielder and a striker. I don't think anybody saw Arsenal signing a player like Fabio Vieira. Most of us had to double take. Most of us had to go onto YouTube to discover who he was, myself included. Um, yes. I'm going to go right to you, Zach. I don't have a hot take on this player. Uh, yeah. So hottest of takes, what what the hell have Arsenal signed here? <laughs> Look, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, okay? And I think that um, it's, it took a lot of people by surprise, including Porto fans, because uh, I think that the, the rumors have been that Vitinha, who is his, his midfield partner, who's played alongside often considered, you know, I don't want to go too far, but the, perhaps the Xavi to Fabio Iniesta for, for youth level at Porto and Portugal. Um, you know, you watch them at youth level and they honestly are, are they play like that. But um, Fabio, unlike Vitinha, had not really locked down a starting spot um, this season. Um, but with that being said, he played, he, he was finally playing regular football, uh, whether it's coming off the bench or starting. And he started quite a lot. He did well as a wide playmaker, as a second striker, and overall was just a very important player in Porto's domestic double. Um, started getting a lot more minutes after two factors. After he renewed his contract in November, uh, he was set to be a free agent this summer. And uh, so I think that combined with as well, um, just learning and kind of getting on the program with Sergio Conceição, um, as well as... Uh, Luis Diaz's midseason departure to to uh, Liverpool, I think that opened the door for him to have a lot more minutes and really just become a very important player for this Porto team. I think that, you know, without Diaz, Porto had to change the way they attacked in many ways. Um, and Fabio isn't a similar player to Diaz, but he is a player who can unlock those deep blocks with a very, you know, incisive pass. Uh, he's He's a phenomenal playmaker who can really thread the needle and yeah, I mean, my biggest criticism up until last season, up until this season, was uh, Sergio Conceição. Uh, my biggest criticism of him was just his lack of confidence in youth players. But I think that that has really changed um, since the since since the U twenty one Euros of last year, where we saw um, a number of Porto players, whether it's Vitinha, uh, Diogo Costa. Um, and Fabio Vieira as well, you know, playing a big role in Porto, Portugal's run to the U21 Euros final, unlucky to lose to Germany. But uh, I do think that really opened Conceição's eyes to, you know, I've got to start using these players. So I don't think it's any coincidence that we've seen, you know, Diogo Costa, a player who's, who, who was third choice um, in many ways prior to, uh, prior to this season, you know, uh, having an undisputed starting spot in, in goal. We've also seen, uh, Joao Mario, a player who's who's been playing out of position as a right back, Vitinha playing in the double pivot role alongside Mateo Soribe. Overall, it's it's just really clicked. So I also I also don't think it's any coincidence that the the first season that uh, Conceição really starts trusting these Olival uh, youth uh, youth products from the Porto Academy line, 
Porto have their best uh, season since uh, probably since when Andre Biesbosch was in charge. So that that all sounds really interesting. There's a whole bunch of things that I want to unpack there. Um, yes. I I spent a bit of time. I spent about. 12 minutes uh, analyzing this guy earlier today. And there were a few things that stood out to me. Um, firstly, uh, he's quick release from deep. He almost uh, he almost c- can play the ball out of the back a bit like uh, Neves or a, a Granite Xhaka. And then when he gets into the final third, he's got a, hot, he's got a Swiss army knife of tools that he uses. Um, yes. And he, he looks like he can do some, you know, some of the attacking things that Tielemans can do, but also some of the bits Martin Erdegaard could do. Some people say that he plays as a 10, but in Portugal, the 10 is a little bit different to how it's played in the in the rest of the world. Like this this guy's transfer marked map of where he plays in the pitch, he's all over the place. Like what what has attracted Arteta to this player? And I know that you, you watch a bit of Arsenal. What do you think what is he thinking here? Because you don't spend 29 billion pounds on a backup when you're Arsenal. Yeah, and look, that's where I was a bit confused of at the start when I first saw this rumor. I was like, how does Martin Odegaard and Fabio Vieira, how do they coexist in the same team? Because they are very very similar players. They're both left-footed. They both like to receive in the right half spaces and kind of weave their way. But I think they're also, in many ways, different players. I think that uh, Odegaard, you know, there's a word in Portuguese called uh, desequilador, which I'm not sure the word in English, but it's like he's, he's a player who's... I think Fabio is, is is a different kind of 10. He's a player who perhaps makes a difference with that threading the needle, right? And and Fabio has also played as a wide playmaker, uh, playing on the left, capable of, of firing in a very good cross. Um, I think that there's also potential for him to potentially work as a, a deeper lying playmaker, but I do think his bread and butter is as that 10 role. And I think people are perhaps naturally... You know, they, 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 they realize that the, the number 10 in today's football is, is slowly dying out. And they think that, you know, any player who's a, who's a natural number 10 is a luxury signing. But the fact is, Fabio Vieira is not going to play anywhere near as much as he did if he does not, if, if he did not, um, you know, get in on board with Conceição's principles, which I think is, you know, being combative off the ball, uh, leading the press, winning the ball back. These are all characteristics that I think have a place in Mikel, in Mikel Arteta's uh, arsenal. And I think that's a lot of, that's perhaps one one side of his game that you won't see in uh, video compilations. But it is, I think, one definitely one aspect that he has grown in and that has allowed him to really become a, a starter. Because, and, and that was what we were saying uh, just, you know, at the first half of the season, you know, saying, when is Fabio going to get those chances that other players such as Vitinha and João Mario have been getting, and and finally, uh, you know, we're and and a lot of those Porto fans who were defending Conceição were saying, oh well, you know, he just needs to be more aggressive off the ball, and I think he's finally done that, right? He's he's really showcasing that ability. Um, so he he is I in he is not a luxury player. He may be, I think, best suited for that ten role. That is, I think, you know, perhaps reserved for Martin Odegaard. But I think it's always it always pays to have competition in the squad, and I also. I, I don't think that Fabio is going to just come and, and be comfortable with a backup role. You know, I think that if, if he were to stay as a backup for two years, I think he'd probably demand a transfer because, frankly, he's a phenomenal talent, uh, too good to be on a team's bench, and he's going to do everything he can to get into that starting lineup. If uh, if you were to compare him to yeah. a Premier League player, 
Or, 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 or like, I mean, the Portuguese players tend to yeah. run through the Premier League at quite a rate. Like, who, who is he? Whose place is he taking in the Portuguese side? Or who, who should we look at when we're watching this player? Who should we be thinking about when he's 26 years old? It's an interesting question. I definitely see a lot of links to a few Portuguese players, such as Bruno Fernandes, uh, Bernardo Silva. It's hard for me to pinpoint exactly. I think you can even go back to likes of Rui Costa or Deco. I see a lot of those, you know, uh, playmakers who are so good at breaking down a deep block and just kind of, for, for me, he's just a player who can, you know, despite not being a fantastic goal scorer, he's a player who can win you a game just by his own uh, individual talent, just whether it's, you know, picking out a pass or dribbling past a few players and, and you know, finding um, a teammate with, with a phenomenal pass. He, for me, he's kind of a player who has the talent to decide games on his own. So I guess in many ways you could perhaps go back to uh, early Bruno Fernandes in, the, um, in, in, the, uh, in his first few months at Manchester United. But I, w- I would probably also say he's less uh, – he, he turns the ball over less than Bruno. Uh, he's you know, perhaps less high-risk, high-reward. I think that he's a player who's going to allow you to retain possession um, in the final third, which is definitely a good thing if you're Arsenal. There are always, I mean, I am a, I'm team tall striker. Uh, we've spoken about the striker that Arsenal are going to sign this summer. Um, this this guy is quite small. He's five foot seven. Um, yeah. There are, Arsenal have signed a five foot six player within the last three years. Lucas Torreira looked absolutely electric in Italy. Couldn't hack it in the Premier League. And I think a large part of that was down to physicality. Um, do you have any concerns about his ability to command a Premier League pitch um, being quite a, a, a yeah. slight frame? I don't because I just see so many other players like Luis Diaz, for example, or uh, Bernardo Silva, who came in with a similar frame. I, I think, you know, perhaps uh, Fabio is, is less... Uh, is less electric, I guess, than Diaz, right? He's not going to be perhaps making as much of a difference in terms of his speed. And he's, he's also a bit uh, lanky as a player. So yes, I could definitely, I definitely think he's going to need to add some more muscle to deal with the Premier League's physicality. But with that being said, Portugal is also a very physical league. And like I said, you're not going to get to a starting spot at Porto under Sergio Conceição without that aggression. Aggression. So that's definitely something that he, he does have to his game that he's going to need to improve for sure. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I'm with you as well. I don't think that, uh, for me, I don't, I don't think that Arsenal sh- would be best off going with a short striker. I know they're in link to Gabriel Jesus, um, but personally, I, th- I would just go with a more physical option as a center forward. So uh, uh, the, we've got Ed Welsh in the comments, and he said that one of the – Big pluses is that he was he was made captain of the under twenty one Portugal team. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Um, Portugal has churned out incredible players over the years. Um, what what should we read into this? What what does this say about the guy's character? Yeah, I think it's all. It definitely says that you know he's a player who, above all, is is calm mentally. Who I think can lead from the front. A player, you know, you you don't really associate those kind of players as tens with the captain's armband but i think that definitely shows a lot about his mentality and as well as his ability to step up in big games you know in portugal's run to the u21 euro final he was 
I mean, he there's a reason he won player of the tournament because he was phenomenal in pretty much every single game I watched of him. Um, so, so yeah, he's a player for the big occasion. And, and we've seen that not just at, with Portugal, but also at Porto. Um, and, and I think looking at his stats over the, over the qualifiers, right. He's, he's carried that over, you know, not just, um, not just with, with the U21 euros of last year, but also, uh, scoring or assisting pretty much every single game this, this season for Portugal's U21 side. And yeah, it's definitely no coincidence that Rui George, gave him the captain's armband for Portugal. And talking of like output, I mean, it's very clear what Mikel Arteta is looking for um, this summer. He's looking for players that can be definitive in the final third. I think he had 16 assists um, for Porto this season. The thing that I'm interested in is uh, is the goal scoring as well. Um, do you, is, is he, um, I mean, he's only 22 years old. Uh, Arsene Wenger used to say midfielders don't really pick up the goal scoring element of their game until they're 23 to 25. Um, do you do you see this player as a double digits goals and assists player moving forward? Like, what do you think? I, I definitely think there's a potential. I think that Fabio, his assists are obviously the stronger part of this game. You look at it; he was in the in the top nine uh, for assisters in Europe's top six leagues, and he played by far the fewest minutes out of all of them. And you know, going up against players such as Lionel Messi, Thomas Müller, Kylian Mbappe, some of the best players in the world. He is already in that conversation, despite not being an undisputed starter. In terms of goals, I think that's definitely an area that he he can improve on and will improve on because he's shown that he can be um, very dangerous uh, with his shots from outside the box. I think that he's potentially be a long shot uh, threat, um, and and so yeah, that that's that's definitely one aspect where I think Arsenal need to improve is goals from midfield, goals from central areas in general. Um, and I, I think that's definitely an aspect where Fabio would certainly uh, fit in. And if you were to analyze his game, um, I mean, and you're obviously friends with a lot of Porto fans. What are the weaknesses that we should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, in terms of weakness, like I said, I think he has come in leaps and bounds in terms of you know aggression and physicality. I think that's still something that he needs to work on. Um, both, in, you know, I think perhaps physicality in terms of uh i would say winning uh aggressive duels winning ground duels and aerial duels probably something he, he could work on a bit um and and yeah i, I would also probably say like, for me it's it's not really a consistency issue i think he's shown that he can be consistent when given opportunities so i don't have any issues with with that don't have any issues with his availability so there are a lot of good signs for this but yeah i, I think that perhaps physical duels off the ball that's one um, and I, I suppose he could definitely add some more pace to his game, try to work on perhaps breaking down defenses with off-the-ball runs. I think that that's an aspect of his game that he could certainly add, um, and, and I also think that would allow him to flourish as a, as a player uh, playing on, on, on a flank in attack rather than just as a central playmaker. And uh... – I guess kind of last question. You, I, nobody has a more encyclopedic knowledge of everything that's going on in Portuguese football. Um, did you expect this to be one of the big summer moves out of Portugal this summer? Are you surprised or is this just part of the course? Well, uh, a few days ago after, after Darwin Nunez, uh, his move was, was uh, finalized. I actually said, I actually tweeted out after Darwin Nunez, I think these players, uh, will be the next players to get out of the move. And 
I, I think Fabio was around the top of the list. I, with that being said, I did not expect him to get a move before someone like Vitinha who, or, or Mateus Nunes, both of them who have been you know, starters. Or, for example, Joao Palinha linked to uh, Fulham right now and who, who has you know, already reached the Portugal senior team. So I think those, those are perhaps the biggest aspects why m- neither myself or, or any Porto fan uh, expected this because, one, Fabio hasn't reached the Portugal senior team. Two, he isn't an undisputed starter. And I definitely think staying next season would have allowed him to take that step. Um, but with that being said, you know, Luis Diaz was not a starter um, last season. He was, he was not a starter up un- until after his phenomenal Copa America. So he was only a starter for a few months at Porto uh, before getting a move. And with that being said, it, you know, when you watched him prior to this season, you could s- still see that he was clearly a special talent. And I think that's similar with Fabio. You know, you don't need to be a starter to, to prove your talent, to prove your efficiency either. Um, so, yeah, I was certainly, I definitely expected someone like Vitinha or Mateus Nunes um, or, you know, Alex Grimaldo, shall we say, to, to get a big move before him. But uh, with that being said, he is one of the most talented players in Portugal. And uh, I think it was definitely, if, if he wasn't going to get a move this summer, I think it probably would have been after the World Cup, perhaps in 2023. I also think that's another b- benefit of this. I think he has a much better shot of uh, getting into Portugal's World Cup squad ahead of uh, the Qatar you know, World Cup. We'll see what happens. But, uh, but I think this will be a good move for his career in, overall. Great. And so uh, before, before we sign off, um, Josh Kronke says, be excited on a scale of one to excited. How excited should Arsenal fans be about uh, Fabio Vieira? I would say a nine. I mean, I think that, Ooh. as people have mentioned, there are there are more pressing needs, okay, like a center forward. But signing Fabio doesn't mean that you're not going to sign a center forward, okay? And honestly, uh, he's a fantastic talent. He's a player who's who's not just technically gifted, but he can also he's also showing his end product in limited minutes. Um, this is a very talented, very promising young player, just 22 years old, uh, so still far away from reaching his prime. But uh, yeah, I'm honestly shocked that Porto are letting him leave for under his 50 million euro release clause. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that this will be a very, very shrewd pickup for Arsenal. Fantastic. Well, I know that you've got to leave on the hour. Um, Zach, where can people find you on the internet? Yep, find me on BTLVid uh, as well as BreakingTheLines.com. We have a recent article that we published today on Fabio Vieira, so definitely worth checking that out. Very good analysis on the Portuguese playmaker. Zach, thank you so much for jumping on this. Congratulations. I see that you're on TalkSport now. You are going all the way to the top. Thank you for the insight. Everybody's loved the video, and we will catch up soon. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Podcast Network.